Pulp MX Network production. Pulp MX fans, we're 550 plus shows and counting thanks to your support of our sponsors. Get the Pulp MX app for iOS and Android today. Save money with discount code PULPMX at btosports.com and click the Amazon banner on PULPMX.com for all other online purchases. It's the BTOsports.com Steve Mathis Show, presented by Fox Racing on RacerXOnline.com. The original Moto Podcast, featuring legends of the past, stars of today, season previews and race reviews, introspection, opinion, facts, and laughs. Here's your host, Steve Mathis. Welcome to the BTOsports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. BTOsports.com, use the code PulpMX when you're checking out to save yourself money at uh, the nation's leading retailer for anything you need for your biker body. Great international shipping rates, all new website, mobile phone friendly website at that. And of course, they uh, support the sport with the BTO Sports KTM team of Andrew Short and Justin the Jet Brayton. We thank those guys for being uh, longtime supporters of this show. Uh, for throughout the years, and uh, and you guys using the code PulpMX is uh, really helping out. So thank you for that. And of course, Fox Racing, Foxhead.com, 2015 stuff out now. Uh, limited edition vintage 40th anniversary vintage gear out. Uh, Instinct boot, airspace performance goggle, uh, all new V3 helmet with MIPS technology for this year. Dungey rocks and just a couple of the guys that wear Fox. The name says it all. I don't need to say any more. And Fox presents this podcast to you. All right, with that out of the way. And we thank you for listening. I'm Steve Mathis, as usual. With me on the line is a, a guy I already did one of these podcasts with. We already did this. We don't need to do this anymore, except we had a little issue. Oscar Weirdman, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. What's happening? Not much. Uh, we're doing this podcast. Now, we did one of these. I know your whole story. We already went all yep. the way through it. Yeah, we did this about two years ago, I think. I th- was it two years now? Okay. So yeah, at least two years. You're working, you, yeah. You're working for Dean Wilson at Jeff Ward yep. Racing. Uh, the night before we were to release the podcast, you text me and said, "Hey, you need to hold off on that." Uh, and I'm just like, "Oh, okay. Well, you know, whatever. What's going on?" And 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 we know now that the the deal fell apart, and uh, Dean went went back to Pro Circuit, and uh, you you went to two two, and a lot of things changed. And um, yeah, it, did, uh. it was pretty funny though. It's it's one of those podcasts that's uh, it's on my desktop. I look at it every day, and uh, I guess I can delete it now because we'll get the real story once again. Yeah, let's start over. I'll make it fresh. Make it make it a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, your your uh, your time with Dean Wilson that was so epic. You guys just killed it. You just crushed it. Oh, uh, we were we were unstoppable for like three weeks. <laughs> for three <laughs> we weeks, didn't lose our, we didn't lose a race. And hey, don't forget, Paul Parabinos was supposed to come over too, and I think he lasted a day. He was there for a day, and then he left. <laughs> he came back the next day, and his, his stuff was gone. <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a bad deal. You know, it was, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of a lot of good people got promised a lot of good things, and yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a bummer deal. And Wardy's a good dude. I hate to see that kind of stuff happen with him, you know. Um, but in the end, it doesn't. It's not a good look for for himself and for like you said, all those guys that were kind of on the on the not outside. at all. No, hang on. You know, they came in and you know they had they had a team for one year, 
and then fold it, right? Yeah, yeah, man, it's <laughs> pretty, crazy. Pretty much it all. So you are this you are a suspension guy at Team Two Two with with Chad Reed, a guy you've known for a long, long time, and worked with him on three different teams by my count. So uh, how's let's before we get into your backstory and all that, what's um, Chad keeps you busy? Does he not? He, he he keeps me busy for sure. Yeah. Now <laughs> now we never we never really get bored over at T2 Motorsports. No. We uh yeah me and Gears actually just go back from Florida on Saturday. Yeah. Friday. Friday Saturday. Yeah. We went there for a week. Mm-hmm. Just did some testing because little Supercross because obviously he he haven't ridden Supercross yeah. for a long time except Monster Monster Cup where he came straight from Australia. Right. Well, yeah, he's doing a little bit of testing, trying to get a base, you know, and now he's going into, uh, like, boot camp or whatever you're going to call it mm-hmm. to uh, to get ready for next year. The that, that guy, like, I wrote him off once. When he lost his monster cowie rod at the end of 2000, I'm like, okay, he's done. Like, that's probably it for Chad Reed. And uh, and I learned to, to never do that. His two race wins last year um, – well, actually, let me back up a little bit. You know, he didn't have a good monster cup. He hadn't ridden – um, that wasn't a surprise. Yeah, this year you mean or last? Yeah, no, this year, this year. So, he, and and it's funny because I had people tweet me and, and people email me and say, you know, is Chad Reed done? You know, and, I, and and so now I'm back to my story. Like you can never count that dude out. He had a shitty Monster Cup, sure, but uh, uh, don't worry about that. He he's, he's he'll be locked in. Those two wins he had this year, Oscar, uh, that might have been at least the first one. One of the best supercrosses. I don't think I'll ever forget it. The guy just continues to amaze. Yeah, it was not not like we were all beat. Like we were, I never been so exhausted from a race because yeah. we were all just pacing around and like didn't we didn't even breathe for twenty hours. <laughs> really rough. It, it, no, it was something special for sure. It, for sure, you know, a lot of count, a lot of people counted him, counted him out. And yeah, like we, again, we weren't really sure, you know, right. what he gonna do, and then yeah, he. Yeah, it was badass. <laughs> we we always talk about like, and you know him well, and we'll get to how when you first met him and all that. And I know him fairly well, and you know him very well. He is one stubborn, uh, strong-willed uh, sob. Like he can get beat by two minutes uh, and, and be off the pace, and, and mentally, the next weekend he will be like, "I'm the fastest guy here," you know. And, yeah, and that's absolutely. that's so mentally strong. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Um. No, he, He's something else. He's something else, <laughs> and uh, and he's something else with bike changes too. Oh, he's something else with bike changes. Yeah, but we like it. It keeps it entertaining, right? And hey, this year you're going to be doubly busy. You got Josh Grant on the team, so your uh, your workload just doubled. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> no, I don't think he's doubled. Yeah, no, that's true. Chat. Yeah, it. He's not no, going to be. Us, yeah, for us, it's awesome to have uh, to have two guys. Mm-hmm. So I love it. I think every, every you know we needed to have two te- two riders you know to make it more of a team you know what I mean yeah yeah and then uh, yeah I obviously worked with Josh over at Jeff Ward Racing actually for a year mm-hmm. I like him a lot and he's a good kid he's uh, yeah he's a good addition for us you guys uh, perfect, perfect second rider you guys over there you got the Davo and you got Goose and Lars Dino yourself uh, you got a good crew you guys uh, you guys keep it light. You're all dead serious about your jobs, but you keep it light. You've all got a ton of experience. It's, it's a tight crew. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, we're a really good bunch of people. You know, we like to have fun, you know, give, get a, give each other a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But, no, it's, uh, it's you know, I, I like them all a lot, you know, and it's, it's um, hard to find a place, you know, where you like everybody you work with. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Team 2-2 oftentimes is in the hotel bar on a Friday night, just chilling, having a good few drinks, having a few talks, a few laughs, and then uh, Saturday morning you guys are winning races. So Yeah, that, that's what we want to do, right? <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's, exactly. the, that's the goal. That's yeah. the goal. Um, without giving anything too much away, you guys pulled a, a little bit of a, a of a shocker at the Motocross Nation. You showed up with Olean suspension. You being Swedish, I'm sure this was a master plan that you uh, initiated from, you know, five years ago to get uh, Olin's takeover in America. Eight years ago. Eight so, years ago. Um, yeah. But you you did you, you showed up with Olin's, and I talked to Chad about it. He, one of the things he said to me was, hey, look, I've never been that happy with the Air Forks. I spend a lot of money on Showa suspension and KYB suspension over the years, and this might be something where I can get this working the same or better than what I'm, what I'm presently having, and I can uh, save myself some money as a team owner. So – do we know what we're doing yet, or is that uh, is that top secret? Yeah, no, we pretty much know what we're doing. I think. Okay. You know, all, the the is just little, you know, little test on the side. They, yep. They 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 wanted to test with us actually for mm-hmm. a while ago, and uh, I think we're when we first tried it, you know, we were going to do a test, and we didn't think more about it. But then uh, then we tried their stuff, and it was actually really, really, really good. Yep. You know, I think everybody got. It's it's European. It's different. It's you know all those European brands take, take yeah. a while for them to uh, prove themselves in uh, in America, like KTM. Right. You know, it took them about ten years, but uh, now I think we were all surprised how good it was. The look at I mean, look at the Olin's. I mean, you talk about any type of suspension for uh, I don't know even know how long decades now. Um, They've been there. They've done it. There's certainly no lack of experience or technology over at Olin's, you know. Yeah, I think that they're what they missed out a little bit was they uh, they had everybody, you know, like in the eighties, yeah, maybe maybe nineties, yeah, you know. And then uh, I think they lost a little bit of focus on the on the motocross, or they lost riders, or the or the manufacturers had to stick with what came production. I don't know, right? <clears throat> but they lost a lot of guys. You know, they didn't have the top names. And uh, they went heavily into road race, MotoGP, mm-hmm. where they dominate. Yeah. And I think uh, they haven't really had a top guy, you know, where to, to like, lead them, so to say, you know, to make the development. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's 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 why I wanted to get a guy like Chad, you know, see see what he could bring. It's uh, it's funny, though. You go to Europe, and I've been there for a long time, and, and, and you, you spend a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. You'll see Olin's, uh, Solva, WP um also i'm sorry I'm, I'm sure i'm forgetting two or three brands it's nothing over in europe to take off your stock oem suspension and put on some aftermarket stuff but yeah that doesn't happen over here no but even in europe i think it's changing now yeah except except wp obviously like the wp have a have a huge market in yeah uh, yeah in europe but then then otherwise i think it's more i think where it's cable b and show are pushing harder there. they're on more bikes right. than it used to be um, when Chad's complaining about the Air Forks nonstop, um, do, do you just start thinking of like, um, a, a movie you had or a, the last real good dinner you ate or do, do, do you just, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I didn't like, like uh, on, on a Kawasaki, mm-hmm. the, the, we didn't have on a Honda, we had more issues than we did on a Cowie. Right. Right. On, on, on the Cowie was, yeah, no, it was like super cross. It was. Fine, you know. Obviously, yeah. he won. He won two races. Yeah. And then uh, coming into the outdoors, we were already. We didn't start off in a good spot. Yeah. 
you know, he wasn't ready. We weren't ready. We hadn't done no testing. He wasn't fit. Mm-hmm. And and so he basically wasn't as bad as he would have thought. Are you are you one of those suspension guys? And I've talked to a few. They love the way the air forks look on a dyno. They just love. There's no hitch when the springs take over. There's it's a perfect linear curve. They love air forks. Uh, it's the way of the future. Blah 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 blah. Where do you stand on air forks? Like, what do you think? Are, is this? Are we all going to be on them in, in in ten years? And, and we're gonna and we're gonna just love them? Where or are there still going to be problems? Or do you understand why a guy like Chad and a few other guys would 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 stick to a spring fork? Like, what's your thoughts on all this? I think everybody was an air fork in the seventies, right? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. So yeah. So it's, <clears throat> it's just coming back. <laughs> right. 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 No, I think. Uh, I don't think he's really there right now. Yep. Maybe for 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 top guys, you yeah, know, yeah. like obviously Chad and a few other guys are really picky, mm-hmm. and 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 they've done like a million laps on the spring forks. Right. They know in every condition like what it does. Yeah. I think the the air fork, so to speak, is a little bit confusing for them. Mm-hmm. And I don't really think it's up to pair. Like I feel a little bit, it's you know they they might have gone out in production and stuff a little bit too early. Yeah. You know, it's it's lighter. It's a new concept. You know, I understand. It's a marketing it's thing. Out. Yeah, it's a bit of a marketing. Yeah, thing. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, you know, you see, couple couple of teams are going back to spring. Yeah, secretly here and there. So, yep. uh, yeah, Tomac, yeah. Tomac seems set on spring forks. He seems. Yeah, he's been on a long time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Obviously, uh, Kenny and Roxon did pretty good on spring. They did. Year. Yeah. We yeah. did spring the last two races in uh, the Nationals. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things where – but you know what I'm saying about when I talk to suspension guys, they love them on the dyno. They just it, – yeah. it's just awesome, yeah, the air fork. Yeah, if you do one leg. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't, right. I, I, don't think the, I don't think the air leg, so to speak, is as, as linear as a spring leg. Yeah. Okay. Well, I always thought there was like a bit of a hitch when the springs kind of start taking over because, you know, there's there's three springs in there, so – um, yeah, no, I think for me right now, I think it's, especially with a rider I have who, who ridden a spring fork a long time, mm-hmm. for me, it's easy to work with it. Yeah. Because like when, when he says something, like I kind of, you kind of know what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. Hey, uh, cool. you've been, a, how long have you been back doing suspension now? Two years? Three years? Yeah. Yeah. And I went to two, two. Yeah. So, so two years? Two years? Two years? Yeah. Do you and that's where you started. That's where when we'll get into that. That's where you started. But do you miss being a mechanic? Do you? Do you I mean, I know like I've talked to some guys who have done both jobs. And when you're a little suspension guy, well, for one, there's not always bonus money. For two, you're a little bit more removed. You're not in the trenches per se as a mechanic. But you know, you see, do, that's what that's what Chad's good. You know, he don't he don't keep me on the side because he keeps me really busy. Oh, yeah, yeah, right, right. So, so I'm actually more busy than Gibson Marsh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's true. That is true. I've been at your truck. Do you do you no, miss being a mechanic? I can, I can totally see, I can totally see what you mean though. Like if you uh you know, luckily for me, like with me and Chad, we're really close mm-hmm. and, and we speak a lot and a lot about the bike and stuff, so it's right. exciting. But yeah, it's different, yeah, for sure. But on the other hand, as as a mechanic things I don't miss about a mechanic is mm-hmm. there's a lot of just watching practice bikes, going practicing and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. The boring stuff, yeah, yeah, for sure. You want to be person, like personal with your rider, as you are as a mechanic. You know what I mean? Right. When right. you're his mechanic, you're his guy, right? Yep. 
but I think I think what makes it easier for me is our team. You know that we all actually work really good together. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now yeah. Lars is going to move over to be JG's mechanic, right? From what I understand. Yeah. 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 So and then Goose Goose is back full time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they still, they still both you know work on. Yeah. Both guys' bikes and yeah, for sure. Everybody packed up a bike for Chad and. It's pretty cool that everybody just do what they have to do. Goose is uh, Goose is just a cool dude, man. You want to talk about a guy that like never gets overwhelmed and and not get caught up in anything and just knows the job inside and out and is just like sort of coolly, coolly very very confident. And why wouldn't he be? I mean, the guy is one of the best. Uh, he's a good guy to have, huh? Oh, absolutely. You know, he he got a track record like nobody else, I believe. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's super super cool because he would listen to anybody, you know. Yeah. Yeah, there's no even not he, not even a lot. though he don't have to because he obviously he you know, he proved himself, he done it all himself, mm-hmm. but you know, he takes everybody's input, you know, who, whoever it is, you know. Yeah. Mechanic, truck driver, manager, suspension guy, engine guy. Mhm. He, he 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 literally listens to everybody. Yeah, there's not a lot of ego there. Not a lot of ego, no, and there could be. Nothing. Right. Genuinely nice person. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it. Very, very nice. Um, so yourself, Oscar, uh, you're from Sweden. Where in Sweden? Where do you grow up? Where does uh, take me in the time machine? Uh, Let's go back. Small little town called U H D A L. Okay. It's it's in, in kind of like middle ish of Sweden. Okay. Only like eight thousand people there. Yep. Very small. They had a had a bunch of enduro riders. Couple of four, maybe four world champions out of really a little area of twenty kilometers. Yeah, wow! Check you guys out. You're like the, you're like the. Uh, well, I think El Cajon Zone is d- dating you. You probably don't know what I'm talking about, but um, <laughs> yeah, no, we we didn't get motocross guys. So we just got to enjoy. Yeah, but hey, still world champions, four of them. I think it's four. Yeah. Um. So where? How far from Stockholm and all that? Like for people who. Uh, it's about uh, driving. It's probably three hours south. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, like an like an hour north of Udvall that has the Grand Prix these days. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, Straight up there. So you grew up there, born and raised there. How do you get into bikes? Born and raised there, like dirt bikes as every every kid, right? Mm-hmm. And then my uh, my cousin actually married a a Swedish motocross rider who raced the uh, five hundred Grand Prix. Who's that? Uh, Bjorn Jensen was his name. Uh, I don't think I, his name. I don't think I've heard of him. Uh, but uh, no, he, he. I think he scored a couple of points. But yeah. you know, in the eighties, mm-hmm. did uh, he was almost did like probably ten years. If you would have said Hacken Carlquist, I would have been really excited. Uh, yeah, he was badass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually before him, though. Right? No, no, after him. After him, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, uh, yeah, he fueled the fire. Uh, and then eventually, I got a got an eighty from my dad. Uh-huh. You know, raced a little bit. And then in the actually in the village I live, there was a uh, there was an enduro rider. This year, remember his name? Uh, so I started hanging out in his garage, just a little annoying kid, you know, in the yeah, corner. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I just just start hanging out with him. I was going with him to the races, cleaning goggles, cleaning air filters. Uh huh. And before you knew it, he got a couple of world titles. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. And you were just kind of like just learning the ropes and just just like helping yeah. him out and going to the races. Yeah, I was just going with him to some enduro races, and then he scored a, a factory Husaberg ride. Okay, probably ninety two. Okay, I think yeah, be wrong ninety two ninety three. Yeah, yeah, I went with him to the first enduro championship in Spain and Portugal. 
a van, two Husebergs, 350, an uh, 18-year-old. He was 18. <laughs> How I was 13. You're 13. We had no clue about nothing. Your parents, th- your parents let you go to Spain when you're 13. Yeah. Jeez. It's Europe. <laughs> it's Europe. I actually, <laughs> I actually flew home from from Spain that trip, and I remember it to this day. That's the only thing I remember. Flew from Spain to Malpensa, Italy. Yeah. And in Malpensa, I went to a payphone because obviously there was no cell phone. <laughs> right. I called, called my dad, and I said, "Hey, Dad, I'm in Malpensa. Like." Where's my gate? Where's my terminal? Uh, and he said, hey, son, I'm in Sweden. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> you better figure it out, and I'll pick you up in Sweden. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah that's pretty cool. What was the guy's name, the Enduro Racer? Anders Eriksson. I don't know if I've ever heard of him, but he's world he's champion. He's like seven-time world champion. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. People are probably going to all mad. People who are listening to this that know is probably all mad at me. But, um, yeah, but Enduro is not that big here, though, is it? No, but still. Um, yeah, no, he, yeah, no. When I was with him, he never won a world world title. He got a couple of thirds, I think. Yeah, I was with him. You know, why I can't definitely not claim that I was a mechanic. Was this was this the era of uh, what's that dude, uh, Peter Hansel? No, the French guy. Yeah, Peter Hansel. No. Okay. Yeah, kind of, but he never. He he only did a. He was badass in Dakar, Paris Dakar. I know. I thought he did Enduros too. No, I could be. Yeah, wrong. but only for a year or two. Oh, they, okay. they raced about the same time, but different classes. Okay. All right. Okay. So. Yeah, but kind of yes. So this yes. this is really so Oscar. You learn how to work on a dirt bike by working on Husaberg. So you're pretty much yeah. ready for anything. Yes, it was a task. <laughs> and I, it's a hard bike, especially like a Husaberg from the early nineties. Oh my god. It's a, it, it's a challenge for for a pro again. Hey, for, and and they were they were pink and square and and six hundred pounds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Right, it was fun. That was some of so, the most fun I had for sure. Right, now yeah, it sounds pretty cool as a thirteen year old. No doubt about it. So, when do you start getting into moto? And when do you, you start riding and racing a little bit? Yeah, no, like I raced that whole time, like I yep. raced 80s, you mm-hmm. know, like around Sweden. Like, obviously, you would never make a living out of my race. Yeah. Uh, you know, out in my dad in the caravan and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was starting, like, around 16, I think. Then uh, then I started to go with some motocross guys yeah. in Sweden. Yeah, And by the time I was 17, I think I did the first world championship with uh, Joachim Eliasson. Okay. It's a, it's a European, European champion guy. Yeah. He won the European Championship, uh, and then as soon as I quit school, I was actually lucky enough to get a job with uh, Yami Groth, Factory Kawasaki. Oh wow, that that quick, huh? That, yeah. Uh, how now? Yeah. How do you how do you meet Yander Groot? How do you get a job there? What do you how do you even know about Yander Groot's and Factory Kawi team and all that? Like, how does that work? Uh, we, like the guy I was working for, you know, he, Joachim Leeson, he was doing the World Championships. Uh, you know, everybody hangs out in the pit. Okay. And and one uh, the crew chief at Kawasaki at that time, Paul Trevatta. He actually had a Swedish girlfriend. Oh, okay, all right. So that probably helped. You know, you got your name in. And, now, Joachim Carl Joachim Carlson won a GP. He won a couple. Did he? Okay, I knew he. he I think he won the season opener one year or something. Yeah, that's a different. Though. That's not the guy I work for. Joachim Carlson. Oh, this is Eliasson. Different last name. Oh. Same, almost same time. All right. Well, Joachim Joachim Cowie Rider. Was pretty fast. Yes. Okay. Um, Actually, the guy I worked for, he also won a GP, but not when I worked for him. 
Oh, okay. All right. So, so you're doing the GPs. You're you're 18 years old as a mechanic, traveling yep. traveling the world, and and yeah, uh, and you get a job at Yonder Groot. And so you're basically like, hey, friends and family in Sweden, I gotta go live in Holland. Yeah, I loaded up my car, whatever I could fit in my car. Yeah, that was what I was bringing, and I and I drove up to uh, uh, Holland just after Christmas, I believe, '98. Did you uh, did you not have a very good home life, Oscar? Because I keep sensing that you're leaving all the time. Yeah, I think from from I was thirteen, I was never home a weekend during the summer. Did you not have any friends? Did you? Yeah, I know I have friends. I have a wife and family, but we like dirt bikes. You know, we all yeah. We got issues, right? I mean, <laughs> traveling, right? Travel. Yeah, no, that's true. It's a good point. So, yeah, people who don't know Jan de Groot, who passed away, geez, three, four years, five years ago now, a while ago. Yeah, oh seven. Oh seven. Was it that long ago? Okay. Um, yeah, but but Creek National, uh, but Creek uh, Motocross Nation around this that year. Uh, he um, he ran Factory Cowie for years and years and years. Won a ton of titles. Had some great riders come through his shop. Uh, so you start with him. Um, what year? 98? Yeah, I started in the end of 98, so my full, like, season was 99, yeah, with, uh, so, Monique Burvots. Okay, you had Burvots, you had Machio at some point, right? Yeah, then Machio for two years. Um, and you had those shocks that were down at the bottom of the frame? No, that wasn't, that was after. Oh, okay. We had, we had normal bikes, but red. Oh, okay, all right. Um, I always wondered what was up with those shocks down at the bottom. Like, what was, what yeah, was Yeah, they, they were, they were good, there was young Designed, they were good, but the the only failure was the ground clearance. Oh, it was it was bad. Ground clearance wasn't as good. Yeah, because they had the shock underneath. <clears throat> right, like, right. Um, so Bervote's pretty good rider. Some yeah, solid we results. Were, uh, yeah, we we lead in championship with sixty points first year, and then he got hurt. No way! Oh wow! Yeah, I don't remember that. Um, yeah. ninety nine. So this would have been uh, Puzar. Uh, no. No, not Puzar. Um, no, Bole won. Bole, Villeman, Rhino. Was Rhino there that year? Yeah, Rhino was there 99 and 2000. It was 2000 yeah. and 2001. Okay. Yeah, it was around those, there, I, around those years. Pit Buyer. The, yeah, Pit Buyer was on the team. Um, wow, okay. So, yeah, so it was. I, I have the season in review. I think it's 99 or it could be 2000. I have 250 motocross season in review. It's Villeman, Bervotes, Rhino, Pitt. Probably 99, because and, didn't Villeman come over here like 2000 or something? Was he full-time 2000? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I sat and watched it with Villeman, and he was telling me about these turns and these corners and what's coming up, and then we were laughing at <laughs> Rhino parking everybody repeatedly. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so you really, I mean, you, you learned with the Enduro guy, and you learned with your Swedish GP dude, but... At the, at the Groot, I mean, that's the highest level you can get for the GPs. This is where you really start learning the tricks of the trade, huh? Yeah, absolutely. You know, for, for him, you know, because he was the biggest tuner mm-hmm. tuner in, in Europe, you know? Yeah. And then, now he, he always had the fastest bikes, the best bikes, you know, and good on picking uh, young riders that nobody really heard about, you know, and one with a bunch of them. You know, he picked Alberton from nowhere. Yeah. Took out to Kelly, Reed. Right. Um, and then he won titles with Machio and a bunch, bunch of guys. When do you start getting into suspension and stuff? Uh, I was stayed with him. I stayed with the growth for four years. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then I got an offer. Obviously, then those years, you know, you do suspension and everything. You don't do settings. But you right. Service yeah, you service it. Right. Yeah. Uh, then I got an offer from uh, Olin to go to 
to go and work in MotoGP. That's uh, so that would be well. Hold on, let's back up then. So before then, uh, at some point, you're a Swedish dude living in Holland, and they're hiring this Australian kid named Chad Reed, who you had never heard of. Never heard of him. And then this guy shows up, and 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 what are you thinking? We Th- actually met him all at these nations. I think we met uh, we met Chad, we met Berner, and Andrew McFarland. Okay. And we, we brought a bike for Andrew McFarland. I remember that. Okay. And Jan, Jan the court was telling him he's going to sign Chad, and we're like, who's this Chad? He's a little young kid. Yeah. Right? And then anyway, and then a couple of months later, we have to go and pick him up at uh, Schiphol Airport in Amsterdam, and he's like, you're going to go pick up Chad Reed. You're like, yeah. how does he look like? Right, right, right. Who is this guy? I, you... Yeah, so he just went there and looked for a guy with a motocross bag. <laughs> that, was, that was it. We had no clue who he was. Yeah, and, and I could just see Chad at the Disney Nations the first time looking around everybody and going, these guys aren't that good. I'm better than these guys. Probably not. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even look at the kid, if I'm going to be honest. What's that? I, we didn't even look at him the first Disney Nation. He was on a Yamaha. Yeah. That's all I remember. Yeah, so why – did you ever find out, like, how did the Groot find out about Chad Reed? And I mean, he wasn't like he was – like he, I mean, I guess he was obviously fast as hell. But how does how does a Dutch guy find out and sign an Australian guy? I don't know, but he had he had actually the eyes on all three of them. Mm-hmm. You know, him and Bernard and Andrew. Yeah, and and I know he talked to them. I think older Andrew might have already signed the Yamaha, and Bernard was talking to 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 Emmy, I believe. But yeah. No, he liked Chad. He said like he had fire in his eyes when he talked to him. And yeah. He just wanted to race. How was Chad uh, the first time you took him out to a sand track for preseason testing? Oh, I think he, he wasn't that good. I know <laughs> the second, I think second race of the season was Walkenswart. Yeah. I believe he got lapped. Yeah, I think he told me that before, right? Yeah. He got yeah, lapped. I think he got lapped pretty miserable. Machio, what I worked for, that, he, I think he got second. Yeah. But then the second to last race, which right. was leader, which was really deep sand, he won. Just goes to show you what the guy's like, you know? Yeah, like, he trained a lot. He he rode a lot. And he I yeah, mean he did good. And he's he came se- a long way in one year right there. And he's seventeen or whatever and, and trying to live in Europe, trying to live in Belgium and driving with Ellie to all the GPs. Yeah, we were driving around. We were like we were we were like parents for him. Yeah, really, right? Well, but not the good parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? really. So did you did you learn how to speak Dutch, obviously? Is that did you guys talk in English or how did that go around the shop stuff? The team, the team spoke English. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I used to speak Dutch because it's pretty similar to Swedish. Oh, is it? Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, no, it's pretty easy. But like, no, the team spoke English because we were. What did we have? A guy, we had a guy from uh, Slovenia, guy from New Zealand, me from Sweden, riders from France, yeah, and Belgium and Australia. Yeah, and really, right? From, yeah, it's multilingual. But yeah, and everybody spoke English. That's what's yeah. awesome about the GPs. That part is really definitely cool. You know. Um, yeah, traveling, traveling around there and hanging, at, like staying at the track, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. Although you mechanics at the GPS, and I did it. I was going to be a mechanic for a GP team out of Germany for uh, I lasted about six months, and Knight yeah. um, Racing in Germany. And um, you, I mean, you, mechanics. You think the mechanics over here work a lot? You guys sleep at the in the camper. You're, it's always wet and muddy and, and you, like, it's rainy and, like, it's just, it's a, so much work being a GP mechanic. Yeah, the worst part, boy, I quit, or, like, when I, not 
when I got offered for, to go to the road race, I yeah. think it was because all you did at the races was washing muddy bikes. Right, right. That's and it. Would, yeah, and yeah. you rushed the time and had these washing areas. And you started with it. You know, you had to wash at your truck. Yeah. Had to wash in the phones, and it was, it was a disaster. Now, that's why I, when I got a different job, I'm like, I'm over it. Yeah. So I don't wash muddy bikes. How does the Olin's deal come about? Obviously, they're a Swedish company, but uh, how does that work? How does that work? Yeah, uh, they actually called me up. Uh, luckily, I got a, a good friend to put my word in. Mm-hmm. And so Matt Larson, which was the boss in, in charge of the Ridge Race Department, mm-hmm. he called me up and he said, hey, uh, I'm going give to give you a job if you want. I was like, what? And then uh, me being Swedish and everything, uh, it, it was perfect. You know, uh-huh. I, I'm based at home and I travel out of Sweden, go to all the road races and uh, my like, first year, I worked with uh, Factory Yamaha. Pretty stoked about that. Like you, you went back to the the eight thousand eight thousand people city you grew up in. You could you could live there during a the week. No, oh, I okay. actually stayed in. Uh, you just a little bit north of Stockholm. Okay, all right. yeah, where Olin's was. Okay, all right. So yeah, yeah, so I stayed there, but you were never there. You had probably almost. Were you sixty traveling days? Were you into road racing? Yeah. I can't get into it. JT's always telling me, you know, obviously the the Rossi thing that he just did with Chad and and uh, yeah. JT's always JT talking. Left it because he's, he's similar to Rossi. <laughs> you have to ask him other. He's, he's got a lot of similarities. Oh uh, well, I I maybe not because Dan Truman was faster than him at this at this flat track. I found out, so I don't know. That's just what I hear. Um, he used to be a good rider too. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, I know he did. He did actually. Um, so yeah, like I can't get into road racing. I just I've been to some um, AMA road racing. Never been to MotoGP. I just can't get into it. So, like, for me, if somebody had offered me, I would have been like, no, nah, I'll, st- I'll stay with the muddy bikes, you know? Yeah, that technology is cool. That's what I like. Right, right. You know, obviously the whole uh, mechanic one rider is gone, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because every team is bigger, so it's like less personality. Yeah. So to speak, as long as you're not a cruise ship, you know, because obviously Peter cruise ship is cruise ship is kind of the same, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, the technology is cool, you know? That's the... Mm-hmm top with all the stuff and all the cool all the cool things comes there first <laughs> so does yeah i know you're right about that does olin's uh put you through some sort of suspension school to teach you the the tricks of the trade yeah a little bit you yeah know, you all have your i think the the best suspension guys take an old mechanic yeah you know they because they know the bike and most of them have worked in suspension and then mm-hmm. uh, you know obviously you work there with I came there, you know, you go on the dyno a lot, and you're around uh, a lot of people with knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, they teach you, and they learn the the, the tricks they've been through. And mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, just like that, I think. You know, it's all, it all makes sense as long as you know what you work with. Right, right. You know, you know, you have the right information, and you try to do the best decision from there on. Yeah. Yeah, you really don't have much interaction with the road race guys with the racers themselves, the crew chiefs telling you what to do, right? Yeah, when I was there, it was it, it, I, I think it's different case to case. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think the the crew. I think it's the crew chief, the suspension guy, and the tire guy. Yeah. They interact. But yeah. The other there's a lot of other mechanics who don't really they use they use mechanics they use work you know they use right. what to do. So how many years did you do this gig for? Uh, three years. Three years. So this would have been uh, 04, 05, no, 06? Was, yeah, 01, 02, 03. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Ch- but Chad wrote for DeGroote in 01. Okay, this is 02, 02, 03, <laughs> okay. 04. Okay, all right. Um, it's, it's a blur. Yeah, yeah. No, hey, listen, I don't 
tell me about it. Try, try, I, I couldn't probably name all of my guys I worked for either. Um, so you did it for three years, uh, and then what, what happened after that? Why'd you leave? Where'd you go? I, I was planning on doing that until I retired, mm-hmm. and then uh, we were in Brazil, in Rio, for the, motor, for the MotoGP. Yep. And Larry Brooks calls me up, and he, uh, uh, Hoodie put a word in for me to Larry. Oh, Hoodie. How'd you know Hoodie? He, he actually worked at Kawasaki with me and Yanni Gross. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, Hoodie. Yeah. Rhino's old guy. So he, yeah, right. Yeah. So he put a word in for me, but he didn't tell me. So Larry calls me on, a, I don't know, Thursday night or something when we're in Brazil. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I hear you want to come here and be a mechanic. Uh-huh. And I was like, I do. Oh. <laughs> Not really. That's dead silence. Yeah. It was awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Back, it was pretty cool. And then, yeah, and then I thought about it. I uh, went to my boss, you know, because obviously when, when you're a mechanic in, in Europe, all you want to do is come to America. Yeah. Because Supercross is, motocross is much bigger. Yeah. Uh, my boss, that's the time I was, and he, he actually talked me into leaving. Oh, he did? Yeah, he said, you should go because in 10 years you'll hate yourself and you can always come back here if you want to. Yeah, yeah. So um, so I came over and I was a mechanic for Langston. That's funny, though. You're in Brazil. You're working away. Larry Brooks is on the phone. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty weird. <laughs> right, right. So, uh, and, and he got it from Hoodie and like you said, so so then you worked for Langston in 05, 06, whatever? Yeah. At KTM? Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then Hanson. Now, Hanson, yeah. And then Hanson, when he got tied to Langston the following year for the life championship. Oh, yeah. Right, right. See, I didn't, I don't, <clears throat> I don't remember you back then. That's, you were here for a while. <clears throat> yeah. I came, you know, I think I, I think we got the years mixed up. I came over in 03, end of 03, for season of 04 was with Langston. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. And then 05 with Hanson. <clears throat> When he was right. battling with Langston. And then uh, we were there a little bit in 06. And then in 06, Larry told me early during 06 season, he said, hey, uh, we're leaving. We're out. We're starting L&M Racing. Yeah. So I'm like, all right. <laughs> and you're, yeah, I mean, at this point, you're working with Larry. Everything's going good. So you're like, all right, so we're onto that, onto that new gig with with uh, Mike Kranjak yeah. being uh, the yeah. big backer behind it and, and Brooks yeah. managing yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, and then we were there for until 11, you know, 6 to 11. So Cranier. he hires Chad in 06, right? Yeah, for the, for the 07 season. Oh, yeah, 07. Okay, so he hires Chad for 07. You're back with Chad Reed again, uh, which is awesome yeah. for you. I mean, you know, like you said, you go way back yeah. with him. And I remember Chad telling us at Yamaha when I was there with him about this Swedish super mechanic. That, that, you got to tell Lars about that too. I know I need to. He, oh, this guy in, in DeGroote's team—he's Swedish. He's so awesome. <laughs> I didn't really care because I was with Red Dog, but but I think it hurt Dave Dye's feelings. Um, or rookie, he, he survived, right? Yeah. So um, yeah, so you're back with Chad Reed, and, and you guys have you know great success again. You win a Supercross title. Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. We got second, in, second in 07, mm-hmm. one in 08. 08. And then, uh, um, Oh wait, the, the stories are legendary, and, and and I know Chad well enough that he's told a few of them. Uh, but that's the year. Written, there, there's no Ricky. Uh, no Ricky. No, we had James. J- J- uh, James hurts his wrist, second round. Uh, knee, third. Knee, round. knee. Okay. And believe, yeah. and basically, Chad 
he basically won that title on talent. He, he I think he won. I think he won every race in California. Yeah, and then he had a big gap, and that was it. And then he, yeah, and then well, that was that year the Detroit. That was the year the Detroit thing. Yeah, he, he made it hard. Yeah, that was gnarly, man. Yeah, it was ugly. That was ugly. Um, so you're you're. Your buddies with Chad, you're winning. Everybody's happy. Brooks is happy, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, Chad's out, and James Stewart's on the team, and that had to be really weird. Extremely weird. <laughs> Extremely weird. Extremely weird. Uh, here you are trying to trying to beat James, and, uh, and 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 you don't like him, and you like Chad, and and you guys are bros, and all of a sudden, Chad and 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 Brooks can't come to an agreement to a contract, um, and next thing you know, Larry. I mean, he—it's he, a smart move by him. He went and got the next guy. Yeah, no, he's—he's drifty. There's no doubt about that. Like he gets good riders. Period. Yeah, he—he uh, he won a lot of championships and races as uh, a manager. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, let's take a quick commercial break here. The BTOSports.com RacerX podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Uh, use the code PulpMX to save yourself money at BTOSports.com and Foxhead.com for all the latest and greatest from Fox Racing. Going to play you a, a, a commercial for Race Tech suspension and uh, use the code PulpMX14 to save yourself money at Race Tech. And we'll be right back with Oscar Weirdman after this commercial break. BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Hey, I want to talk about privateers and what they choose for suspension. Yeah, that's right. Some of the top privateers, most of the top privateers out there, choose Race Tech. Long been supporting the world's fastest privateer since 1984. Michael Lieb, Vince Freeze, Chris Blows, Cody Gilmore, and many other guys uh, choose uh, Race Tech Suspension, and they've been around a long time, and their their work stands for itself. Don't forget, people, at least uh, change your oil in your new bike and use Race Tech to do it. Some of that stock oil isn't that good. Uh, Race Tech's the world's largest aftermarket motorcycle suspension modification company. 30 years they've been supplying racers, riders, and tuners with the industry's best suspension products. Paul Fee, the owner of Race Tech, one of the smartest guys out there, and uh, the creators of the do-it-yourself gold valve kit. It's a revalve in a box. Racetech.com for a full listing of suspension parts, tools, and information. Racetech. Go there. Make your bike handle better. Do it. Racetech.com. Thanks for listening. And we're back on the uh, BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. So, yeah, James is now on the team, and now you want to beat Chad, and you want to – James is your guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, what was that like? How was it? You'd get along with James, and he's a cool guy? Yeah, no, I, I, got, along, I, I got along with him great. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't know him at all until I started working for him. And, right. And – you know, you were thinking like he's cocky, he's this, but yeah. no, he was he, he was he was he was a great guy to work with too, for sure. Talented for sure. too. Oh my god, the the extremely, but, it must but yeah, no, for sure it was it was weird because Chad was my friend. Right, right. Yeah, and he and Chad knew it was weird, so he was playing on it too. Oh really? Yeah, of course, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. You know how that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like he'd come over and start talking to you and staging and stuff like that, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and and you couldn't say, hey, Chad, beat it, bro. I, James is going to see this, and and he's going to get mad at me. Oh no, no, Chad loved that. Yeah, that, that would be awesome. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he had, he had a good few laughs. <clears throat> um, 
And and the things you must have saw James do during the middle of the week on a Wednesday afternoon, where he's like, you know what, I think I'm going to come out of that corner and quad that thing. That would have been yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, he's gnarly. Like you go to test track for like weeks and do the same thing, and suddenly if you do something else, you're like, wow. Yeah, yeah, pretty pretty damn talented guy. Yeah, no, he 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 does amazing things on a motorcycle. Um, and so then, okay, so everything's going well. You win a title with James now. So yeah, we won we won on nine. Yeah, won beating Chad Reed back to back. Right. Um, and then, I don't know at what point this is, but then James and Brooks get into it. And I don't know. Yeah, that's in, we have we did 2010. We'll be able to do three races. Yeah. And then he breaks the scaffold in Phoenix. In Phoenix, yeah. After, after crashing with Reed in the heat race. Yep. Uh, and then in 11, he's in the in the hunt with everybody else. You know, everybody's there. Yeah. And yeah, he and, uh, he and Larry has a big fallout. Did, oh no, Larry! Larry took family time. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Larry, Larry's on. Did you know this was coming? Was this a total surprise? Could you? Was it a, a surprise to you that this went down, or did you kind of have a feeling that that, that something at the upper no, levels? No, we had, we we didn't know that it was anything that gnarly going on. Mm-hmm. Nobody on the team had any really clue. So you just literally came to the shop one day and it's like, hey guys, Larry's out. Yeah, we pretty much were there, and they walked him out. Yeah, there was. It was it was weird. Really, huh? Yeah, and I mean, yeah. again, you, I mean, you're 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 a loyal guy. First, you're loyal to Chad and your buddies with him. Then Larry brings you to the U.S. and uh, you have great success with him. You work for him for whatever that is, six seven years. Um, and then now he's getting marched out, and now you are. He's yeah, gone. Was, they, they went for the whole team. You know, everybody at L and M almost had worked together for almost like eight years. Yeah, yeah. So, how difficult was that? Yeah, it was weird. You know, it was really awkward for all of us. Yeah, because you know, you... We, had, we had no clue was and, really what was going on. And, and don't forget, Paul Deloria was there too, and you guys were like co-mechanics, and Paul's a great guy, Canadian, so he's great, of course. Yeah, oh. <laughs> Canadian, right? <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, but you guys, you know, you guys had been, again, gone through the wars, and so at this yeah, point, exactly. you know, yeah, I, it's a weird situation. Yeah, and it was weird, and then you know we we kind of hung in there for a year. Mm-hmm. You know, we did we did the eleven, but that wasn't that good. Uh, we ended up fourth, uh, two big crashes in the end of the year, I think. Yeah, and then uh, yeah, you know we did twelve, same team but under Jeff Wood Racing. Yeah, and, then, and James uh, is gone now, so yeah, he's out. Um, and that that was it, pretty much. You know, unfortunately, that team that that was gone. You know. Larry Larry Brooks, I I worked under him in '99 at Chaparral with Red Dog, and I like Larry. I talked to him well, maybe a couple months ago. He called me out of the blue to to, to rap. Um, mm-hmm. I worked for him. He's very intense. He's very oh, yeah. um, <clears throat> he's very intense. There's no doubt he gets results out of his racers sometimes in in unorthodox ways. What are you still friends with Larry? Did it did it go bad? What's your thoughts on Brooks and and and, and all that? I mean the guy. Brought you over here, but then uh, you know at times he can also you know do some things that make you shake your head. But what do you, what do you think of Larry now? He uh, he, I heard a lot of stories about Larry. He was always good to me. He was always straight to me. Mm-hmm. I was always straight to him. You yep. know, I told him what I thought, and he always told me what he thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we had a good work relationship. Yeah. And uh, no, he was good. Yeah. You know? What you saw, what you see, is what you get. Right, he's intense, man. Like, yeah, but he made it happen. Yeah, he lives like and breathes. He lives and breathes it. 
Yeah, as, as a writer, if you have him on the side, you <laughs> have him on your side, you're good. Right, right. You don't want to have him again. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, uh, no, but no, no. I have a lot of time for him. You know, he. I worked mm-hmm. with him for for a long, long time. Um, and my, what about Mike Kranjak? How was he as a team owner? I never he really was, spoken to him, but he seemed like a nice no, guy. No, he was. He was just in the background. You know, he yeah. obviously without him, they would never start it. Yeah. And uh, now he just loves motocross. You know, his kids. I think both his kids races. Right, right. Two of his boys. Yeah. Different level, maybe not anymore, but yeah, he he's liked having a team. He's wanted to be involved. Um, he, he gave us a great place to work, and then obviously, you know, they had they had a miss up with Chad, and then they had a miss up with Larry, and then things went sour with James. And I think he was just like, I came in for this because it's my hobby. It's fun. Yeah. And and now it's not fun anymore. Well, or then he had a you know then he had a mishap with Jeff with Jeff Ward and 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 that like you know if you're Mike Kranjak he was still involved then right a little bit or was he yeah out? yeah right yeah no he 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 was involved for sure so I think he was paying for all the bills when we were <laughs> he was nobody, very much involved. nobody else brought money in so yeah if you're you know if you're like man Oscar that's a good book one day the Brooks Kranjak Reed Stewart Jeff Ward thing. That would be right. <laughs> God. Hey, so what do you think happened with Larry and James? Like what what do you think happened? What ha- what went wrong there? I don't really know if I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you never really you never really asked. You just kinda like, okay. Alright. Yeah, and no, it was weird. You know, there's some trust and then James were at that time gonna come come on board as an owner. You know, he he gonna take over the team. Right. And uh yeah, no, it was a lot of things going on over our heads that we don't really know about. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously he didn't Weird um, deal. Or he didn't buy the team or whatever, you know. Right. Because Craniac still had it and he left to uh for Gibbs. Yeah. But yeah, no, it's you know, I think if if uh if the thing didn't happen with Larry, uh the team would probably still be there today, I would thought. Yeah, really, right? Maybe because it, yeah. I mean, it had good funding. Everything was smooth. Everything was going good. So, yeah, Larry yeah, went. Definitely. There went. There went Sam Manuel. You know, and kind of all folded from there. Yeah, exactly. Like looking looking from hindsight now, you can see it's every year was going worse and worse from there, and then yeah. it was gone. Yeah. Um, how do James and Chad working for them as a mechanic? What are they similar like, and what what's different about them? Oh, they're both great riders, I guess, and and determined competitors. But as as persons, you know, personalities, they're way different. Yeah, you know, James more, I wouldn't say shy, but like quiet, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, held back, so yeah. to speak. Where Chad's probably the opposite. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, really, right. Um, Chad obviously mentally, very mentally strong. I mean, James is too. You don't get to to all those titles, but. I don't know if there's anybody that can compare to Chad Reed for being, you know, like we talked about earlier, being mentally strong and being mentally all there. Yeah, and he'd been there for a long, long time too, you know. Right. He had a long, his career been for, for for a long time. You know, that's pretty amazing what he's done for three years. I always feel like, and I still feel like this with James, and I like James. Uh, he's kind of mad at me right now for different stuff, but we'll, I think we'll we'll make up eventually. But I've always felt like James surrounds himself with too many people. Did you feel like that uh, when you worked with him? You definitely had entourage, entourage for sure. Like, and I don't know if they're all needed. 
You know, everyone has an entourage. We all those guys at that level need people. It always seems like James had a lot of guys that I don't. I don't know. I don't, too many people. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I, I would think so. As, as a mechanic and a team member, you know, you always would left. Yeah. You know, yeah. Whereas when I worked for Chad in 08, I felt like it was just kind of like almost me and him. Yeah. Yeah. And then was in oh no, I knew he was like a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah, right. And it just was like, yeah. it's like how many things, how many, as a rider, you, the, the, one of the worst things is having too many people in your ear. You know, they're all, yeah. they're all meaning well. They all mean well. They're all your friends and, and whatever else. But sometimes it just takes a, a rider and a mechanic and just one-on-one and let's get this figured out. And don't, don't confuse yourself if you're the rider. Make it as simple as you can. Right, right. I always felt like James, and again, they mean well, but there's just so many people around there. Mom, yeah, dad. He, 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 he liked people around him. Right, right. You know? Yeah. Maybe it was his thing. I don't know. Right. Um, See what so, happens. So the, the Jeff Ward thing falls apart, and, I mean, was there any doubt that Chad was going to hire you? Were you searching for somewhere else, or how relieved were you when, when Chad called you? Or? He actually called me about the same day as the thing was folding. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So I got extremely lucky. So he he called me up, and I was, hey, do you want to come here and do suspension? Yeah. And basically, like six hours later, Jeff Ward Racing failed or folded. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, hire me. Yeah. <laughs> so, so then he turned around, and I was almost begging for a job. Like, hey, whatever. You know, I come over there. <laughs> I just met when you pay me or anything. I'll be there. Uh, how far did you get with Dino before things went south? Yeah, about three weeks. I would okay. Say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did like a week of motocross and two weeks of cross testing. Yeah, and then things started going sour. Yeah, then yeah, then it was over. Did and you then, get yeah, paid, or were you owed money at the end? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I never missed the pay. No, right. my craniac was. Yeah, I think the only reason why he kept the team going was actually for the staff. Right, right. Yeah, all you guys have been there for so long, right? Yeah, and yeah. and and he no, he was very 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 nice to us, and he he. Yeah, he always paid us in time, and I think that's why he kept his own for so long. Yeah, his own money, you know. Well, that's he good because help. that's good because you don't always see that in, see that in this industry. You know what I mean? Like, no, I've been I've been very fortunate. I only work for good people where yeah, they all pay and they live up to the word, and yeah, I've been lucky with that. I'm probably owed about two or three grand from folded up teams over the years. So yeah, it's, it's no I fun. I don't think I'll ever get it. I'm not really. Yeah, probably not, huh? No, no, I don't think so. Um, hey, uh, how often do you get home to Sweden? I was actually home this year. You were home this year? First, I was home this year. Yes, straight after <coughs> Utah on Sunday morning, I flew home for two weeks, and oh. that was the first time in seven years. No way, really? Yeah, yeah, I brought my whole family up there, and it was fun. Dude, if I didn't go home for seven years, of course Canada's a lot shorter haul than Sweden. But if I didn't go home for seven years, my mom would would kill me. Yeah, my mom came over to see me. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. So she, yeah, my mom does too. So, um, but you still got your family. Everybody's in Sweden. Everybody's in the town still. Yeah, everybody in the. Yeah, they're not in town, but everybody's in Sweden. You know, except uh, except my family here. Yeah. You know, wife and two kids. So you now now it means more to go home. Yeah, your wife's a, your wife's American. Have a wife and kids. Your wife's American. Yeah, my wife's American. Yeah, green card. Same as me, bro. Yeah, I, I actually got my green card before. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, how, just through, like, um, having special skill or whatever? Yeah, and then we won, some, won the championships. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, you have to make sure you get that before, because otherwise you're going to hold it over your head. No, I know. Up. Believe me. I, I, I got mine, <laughs> and, and uh, yeah, it's still hold. Well, now I think even if we get divorced, I can keep it, so. <laughs> you know, but she she lets me know that, so. Oh, yeah, that's where I got it before. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, what else? Uh, uh, you looking forward to, to 2015, of course. Um, we talked about Chad a little bit and how you can never write the guy off. And uh, uh, hey, yeah, no, I think it's a good, good year for us. You know, we got yeah. two guys from the same bike as last year, so we should mm-hmm. be a little bit better off going into the first race than last year. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's be exciting. Oh, one of the things I talked to Lars about uh, before this year was he thought he thought you guys were going to go on a KTM. He thought you'd be racing KTMs. Uh, did you? Did you think that you know? Obviously, Chad yeah. tested yeah. them and he liked them. Yeah, well, every, every bike we rode, he liked the KTM the most in in uh, stock stock shape, so to say. Let's say. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when yeah, we were more into a race bike. Then yeah, he didn't like it. Yeah, there was something about it and. <clears throat> He, he just picked the county. Start adding uh, horsepower and, and things like that. Things get a little weird, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And then it wasn't that great anymore for him. You know? And, right. And then obviously, you know, seeing Willopoto killing it on a Cowie didn't hurt. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt about that, right? Yeah. Uh, what's your take on Villapoto going to the GPs? What do you think? I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think for the sport, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be, it'll be so interesting to see because, I mean, Caroli's a bad dude. And that's gonna oh, be, absolutely. Then that's going to be something else. Yeah, and I'm going to get his hands full. But like, no, I think for the whole sport in general, whatever comes out of it, if he wins or loses, it's mm-hmm. it's it's better. The... You know, if he win, if he wins, more <clears throat> more Euro guys gonna want to come over here. Yeah, yeah. And if he loses, you know, the European motocross going to be bigger. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's... I think it's ballsy. You know, oh, power, me too. That I think it's cool. I would love to go and do another year in Europe. Really? Yeah. Oh hell no! I can. Just one more. I can get <laughs> get, get me out of. The, I love Europe and I love the history and all that. Uh, but after three four days, man, I am ready to go home. Like yeah, just, I, sure. <laughs> I just I'm just not into it. I don't know. I do. I would like to go to Sweden, but only to to maybe go hunt down my favorite hockey player of all time. So there you go. <laughs> uh, uh, are you into hockey at all? Growing up, is that like something? Yeah, a little bit, but you move out, you get over it. Because you know, everybody's into soccer and hockey when you're a kid. Because it's kind of like Canada, Sweden is. You know what I mean? And hockey's yeah, the number one. Very similar. Right. Very similar, I think. Uh, um, what else? Uh, what else can we talk about? Let me think here. Uh, oh, uh, who was cheering Freddie Norn on more, you or Lars? Lars, DC. He loved Freddie, didn't he? He loves Freddie. He loves Honda. He's like, <laughs> this is dream right there. He loves Honda. He loves Freddie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know, and, and you know who else was uh, Gothic J? Oh my God, Gothic loved Freddie Norn. That's his guy. I know, right? Um, yeah. How's Lars's Swedish? It's it's. Really? Well, I would have thought yeah. yours was he, better. He's, okay. actually, he's actually my my language te- teacher in Swedish and English. Like <clears throat> you would think he's Swedish, so he'd be nice to me in English. Yeah, yeah. But he's the one that takes most of my English. You guys should just talk in Swedish in front of Chad and see what happens. Yeah, but he he don't like it. <laughs> no, I bet. I bet not, right? <laughs> That's when we get told off. Right. <laughs> we try it. Uh, <laughs> angriest. What's the angriest you've ever seen, Ellie? I don't, I don't know. Luckily, <laughs> she's angry. So far, it hasn't been on me. It's been on Chad. <laughs> she, she's, not, she's not scared, though. She's not scared. <laughs> she's not scared. No doubt okay. about it. Um, all right. Well, hey, Oscar Weirdman, thank you. Uh, thank you for doing this. There's this other podcast yeah, hey, we did. Um. Man, you got a really interesting uh, career and a story. Like, like you said, thirteen years old, traveling to Spain and to, working for a guy and GPs, and then road racing, and then now back in America and motocross and, and winning, winning Supercross titles and races. Man, it, what a what an interesting and 
diverse uh, career path you've chosen. It, it, it's really interesting, and I think people are going to dig it. So. Yeah, no, it's been uh, it's been an awesome journey, and you know? I've been very fortunate to be mm-hmm. around good people and. Yeah, been lucky where it's been happening and all that stuff. Yeah, no, it, it's it's super cool and 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 yeah, it's it's been going good and um you know we'll we'll see at the races more and more and uh, and all the time. Good luck next year, but I'm sure I'll see you before then at some point. Um, thanks for doing the BTOSports.com RacerX podcast presented by Fox Racing. Really appreciate it, man. And yeah, we'll see you soon. All right, thank you, Steve. All right, see you, Oscar. All right, see you, man. Bye. All right. This has been the BTOsports.com podcast show presented by Fox Racing. Don't forget to check out some of our past shows, including motocross legends such as... The Bad Boy, Rick Johnson. I looked down and my hand was junk. I mean, yeah. it was sitting over to the side. The tendons were jerking in weird places. And my biggest disappointment with Danny Sorbic is that he never said sorry. Because Danny and I were friends, and we've never talked since. Brian Lunas. Before the 500 event, Dave and I fly to Germany, go down to Stuttgart. There's this little shop out the back of the mall factory. We get our cylinders, take them back, and, you know, off we go. And, you know, we ran Nicosil Cylinders as a factory part for a handful of years before anybody ever saw it in production. Dave Arnold. And, and Magoo was all, you know how he did the big pancake thing? Right, and right. and he's got the thing, he's completely laying on the gas tank trying to miss his tree. I mean, he would have gone even harder, jumped farther if that tree hadn't have been, you know, yeah. if, if it hadn't have been there. The Hurricane, Bob Hanna. I love the guy. I don't dislike. I think he's the greatest competitor this sport ever had. That absolutely 100% in my mind. I firmly believe that statement I said about these modern-day guys in Switzerland or Poland or Belgium on 45 minutes on the same bike. You're not beating Roger. Are you crazy? They're not doing it. If they think they're so much better nowadays than they were in those days, they're fools. They're different bikes, different times. The Beast from the East, Damon Bradshaw. It got to the point where I didn't want to leave home. And once I got to the race, I wasn't into it. If I wasn't going to give 100%, I'm not going to take their money. The working class hero, Doug Henry. It was definitely an emotional moment for me, just thinking to myself, that's it, you know, and it's, it's amazing the stuff that goes through your head in a short amount of time of the things that, you know, that I was going to miss. The daughter, Ron Machine. Until you really open your ears and you want to listen to what they're saying, it's like beating a dead horse. And I know from personal experience, did anybody ever sit me down? Of course they did. Everybody did. Go Circuits, Mitch Payton. There's two ways to make the money. One is you can sign for money, or two, you can earn the money. I'm a high believer in earning the money. I think they ride better when they earn the money. Seven-time Jeremy McGrath. I was so mad, like so disappointed and so frustrated that I had pulled pit and I left. Every point counts. I could kick myself to this day for not just riding around in tents. It's been no problem. My, my ego got in the way, you know? The O Show, Johnny O'Mara. Stuff that you could, you'd sit there if you didn't even want to ride it, you just wanted to just look at it all day. I mean, I got a chance to test all that. I like that air I was in. I really do. Search Pulp MX in the iTunes store to enjoy these and over 500 more great motocross podcasts. The days and the months and the years go.